All right. Welcome back. This is Bible Braced, Bible Study Lesson 34 in our Gospel of John study. If you are not following along, if you just hopped in, welcome. Go ahead and follow our Intro to Bible Study link. It's in our show notes. And then you can listen to Lessons 1 through 33, and that will bring you up to speed. Otherwise, you're going to kind of be starting in the middle right now, and this might be confusing. So... But we are studying in the in the Gospel of John, but we are obviously using other Gospels to give us a more full picture of what occurred in the ministry of Jesus. As we talked about last episode, a lot has been going on. And there was a transitional point, it seems like, in the ministry of Jesus now where he is preaching more openly to large groups of people saying, from this time Jesus began to preach, this is Matthew Four, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So there's great significance to this phase and this shift in his ministry. It's just going to see real quick if MacArthur has anything to say about this. I'm going to go into his footnote for chapter four in Matthew, verse 17. He says, the opening word of this first sermon sets the tone for Jesus's entire earthly ministry. Repentance was a constant motif in all his public preaching. And in his closing charge to the apostles, he commanded them to preach repentance as well. That is really interesting. So I'm just going to quickly, because I'm coming to the end of a section here, verse 17, I'm going to quickly reference my Harmony of the Gospels chart and see after Matthew 4, 13 through 17, we do stay in Matthew and we're going to go ahead and read verses 18 through 22 and then two other Gospels come into play here also. So... Let's go ahead and read down through verse 22. And it says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, because remember Capernaum is by the Sea of Galilee. It's on the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I'm going to say something about this really quick. We know that Peter and Andrew had already been called, right? Because we saw them part of earlier events in the ministry of Jesus. And I think that the chronology of this setup that we followed so far seems to make a lot of sense to how other things play. I've heard this second calling of the disciples be confusing for people. Some will say, oh, this is the initial calling But we know it's not the initial calling because Andrew went and got his brother Peter and brought him to Jesus. We saw that from the the Gospel of John and from his view of that earliest ministry of Jesus. And so I've heard other people say, well, the disciples may have been falling back on that original commitment. And this is a second calling of Jesus because they're out there fishing and like they're not following him as his teaching and everything anymore. And who knows, right? I mean, we really don't know. I don't think that we need to be super hard-headed about it. But at the same time, like, I feel like Jesus doesn't pull any punches. He's very loving and compassionate, but he speaks the truth. And scripture is like that, too. It tells us when people are, if their hearts are involved a lot of times or if they're in sin. So I just think it's interesting here that they are fishing. I don't think this means that they've left their ministry with Jesus. I mean, they're in Capernaum right now. They're on the Sea of Galilee. And 
it it doesn't seem bizarre to me that when they're home that they might be fishing, you know, <laughs> like I don't think that's wrong. <laughs> so maybe they had fallen back into old patterns of living and they weren't in the involved in the ministry. Maybe they were just home and they were providing for their families while they were home and that was something that Jesus was okay with. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be. And I don't think the second calling of him is him saying like, hey, stop fishing ever again, because they do fish later too. And I think that's part of it is I've heard people say that like the fishing seems to be tied to them not being in a great place spiritually, because like Peter is fishing after Jesus is risen from the dead. And, you know, he comes ashore and they, him and Jesus have that conversation after he denied him three times. And so it could be, obviously, that Peter is going back to what he knows because he's not following Jesus anymore as passionately. But it could also be because fishing was their livelihood, right? So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like me going back to work doesn't mean that I'm going away from God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. This, this is a subsistence living kind of a culture too. So like them fishing is kind of necessary. And sometimes Jesus miraculously provided for them and other times he didn't. So I don't think it's wrong for them to be fishing unless he told them not to. But what's cool about this is Jesus is telling them that there's a transition happening in their life, that their focus is no longer to be making a living really from their hands. It's no longer to be getting fish out of the water. They're focused, but they're still going to be fishermen. (laughs) And he's telling them that like, now you're going to fish for men. And that word picture for them, I think was probably really helpful because again, they knew the skill, they knew the intentionality it took to catch fish and was something they were good at. And they were learning the skill of fishing for men from Jesus. So it's kind of interesting. So I don't think this is the original calling. I think scripture is very clear that Peter and Andrew for sure were there in the early ministry of Jesus. And so this seems to be a secondary calling for them. So he says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It says immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father. So at least they're from this region. And I think it makes sense that Peter and Andrew would be too. Because again, Andrew and probably John were the ones following John the Baptist around earlier and then probably went and got both their brothers um, to follow Jesus. Mending their nets with their father. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And this to me shows too that... I don't think that this was wrong for them to be spending time with their father and helping him with the family business and everything. But as soon as Jesus says, like, it's time for us to go, they all immediately go. And that to me shows their heart, you know? So who knows? (laughs) It doesn't tell us. So we don't need to be emphatic about for it or against it. But I just think it's interesting that that comes up and people speculate about it as much as they do. And that's why I felt like I had to need to kind of say something about it. So Matthew... That section of the four becoming fishers of men is in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. Let's go quickly to Mark, Mark 1, 16 through 20. And this is where we're going to see the same calling from Mark's perspective, get a little bit more information. And then Mark, it's interesting, his verse 14 happens immediately after the temptation of Jesus. And he says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so again, Mark is having a huge flyover 
like he just basically it's like he's touching mountain peaks and not handling valleys of this all this ministry that occurred in between and so he's going from the temptation of jesus to john's arrest to jesus going into galilee and then he has him calling disciples in verse 16 Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. And that's really cool, too, to see, like, they immediately go. And Zebedee doesn't try to stop them either, which I think is really cool. All right, and then we go to, lastly, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Luke's probably going to have a little bit more information because our physician Luke often does have a little bit more information. So Luke 5. Now, what's interesting here is when we left off from Luke last time, we left off in verse 30. But now we're actually skipping over a section to go to Luke 5, and I think, again, that's because sometimes these things are not completely in order because we're looking at these a little bit differently, the highlights a little bit differently. So that's kind of interesting to see when we might come back and fill that gap in for Luke. So Luke 5, 1 says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret. Genesaret is also known as the Sea of Galilee, according to my footnote, or the Sea of Tiberias. So this is him on the Sea of Galilee again. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, master. And again, this like, there's a relationship here, right? Because he's calling him master. He's not just some random guy who got into his boat. We toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. So apparently the boys have been fishing all night. They were out there in the morning washing their nets. Jesus comes walking up and starts teaching, gets into one of the boats. The boat pushes a little bit away from the land so he can talk. And then he's like, all right, we're done preaching. Let's go out and catch some fish. And, you know, again, if this was something that was wrong for them to do, I don't know that Jesus would do this miracle. I think they were probably just home and trying to provide for their families. And this is Jesus showing that he's going to take care of their needs, I think. And that makes it really special. But then Peter's like, well, we, we've been working on this all night, but at your word, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat, which is probably James and John, their father and his servants in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And this is cool too, because you're seeing a little bit more of their dynamic and why, if it was... John and Andrew that were following John the Baptist, who then went, Andrew at least went and got brother Peter, probably James, John went and got brother James. I just need to think of these four brothers, like being involved in this fishing business and being from the same town. And then God calls them all as disciples. Like it's special. And so here we see, um, they were partners with Simon verse 10. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. 
From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Now, again, like Peter could be crying out in repentance right now. Maybe he was struggling with his own fear. Maybe he was home and he saw his family again, because we know he has a mother-in-law. So we assume Peter had a wife, probably kids. And he's like, I'm off on the road. I'm traveling with Jesus all the time. And he was taking care of my family. Maybe he's fishing at night. Maybe they all were because they were trying to just take advantage of the night when they weren't following Jesus and he wasn't teaching to get in as much fish as they could and to take care of their families as much as they could while they were here. And here Jesus, like, it seems to be, and again, we're just speculating based on what the text is saying, but it seems like Jesus comes in and instead of condemning that, he provides for them above and beyond what they could have asked for. And he does it in his timing, like while he's ministering with them the next day. You know what I mean? He doesn't let this happen overnight. In a way, he kind of lets them try it themselves <laughs> all night by themselves without success. And then he comes in the morning and he teaches and they're a part of that ministry. And then he goes and rewards them with all this fish. And Peter's response of him saying, like, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. Like, to me, this just shows, and maybe it's just because I'm like a little bit of a workaholic and I struggle with this legalistic aspect that it seems like Peter struggles with from what we see in scripture. But, you know, self-sufficient people, like we can handle it. As far as I know, Peter didn't ask Jesus to take care of his family. He didn't ask him to provide fish for this. It seems like they maybe were just kind of trying to go and do it themselves. And I don't think this has to be like pride as far as like self-sufficiency all the time. I think sometimes it can be pride as far as not recognizing your correct relationship with God, that you're not with him because you contribute something. <laughs> like obviously he chose you despite your weaknesses, despite your sin, right? And he loves you and he's making you more like himself if you're a believer. and. Peter, I don't think he needed to feel like Jesus expected Peter to take care of these things on his own. Like Jesus knows the struggles of Peter and his family. And Jesus knows that it's hard to be on the road for months at a time and not have, especially in this time period, in this culture, not have money that you could lay up for your family and stuff. Okay. So like, I think it would have probably been something that would have been a good growing experience for Peter if he had just gone to the Lord with that and said like, what should we do about our family while we're with you, you know? And it seems like instead of that, probably he's just kind of trying to figure it out on his own maybe, or he doesn't want to bother the teacher because I'm sure Jesus was tired and, and burdened. And so this is just like such a sweet way, I think, of God just showing his heart and the fact that he doesn't condemn them. He doesn't say like, how dare you guys go do this? He just comes and in like two seconds provides more than they could ever ask for to the point where their, their nets are breaking. And he just he's just showing them like I have all the power and authority like everything's been given to me. Why are you fishing all night? <laughs> like come on you guys, you know? And this is him saying like from now on you're going to catch men. Like this is this is me really fully embracing you into my ministry like there's just a lot here and I don't I don't feel like I've tapped into the secrets of this passage. I think that there are so many implications for this that we could just talk about and think through and consider. And I'm not saying like, I'm right. Like, obviously, who knows, right? You just read the scripture, read it for what it says, pray about what it could mean. But we're not here to be emphatic about things that are not spelled out for us in scripture. This, this passage could be taken a few different ways. 
as far as was it sin for them to be fishing or whatever. But at the end of the day, Jesus supplied their needs. And then Jesus told them to leave everything and follow him and become fishers of men. And I think this is significant too, you know, and and we're not just left with all these fish on a beach, like John and James's dad, Zebedee's there with his servants. So we know all this got taken care of, right? It was for the family business, which also supported Peter and his family and stuff, I'm sure. And so it's just cool to see the heart of God to take care of his people. So that's just really special to me. So we're over time. So we'll be back in lesson 35.